0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, this is MLB.com Extras, Minnesota Twins edition. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz. I'm joined this week by Chris Atterbury, and we're going to talk about some news here on the Twins front. Young-Ho Park has signed. Uh, The Twins' total outlay is is very similar to what uh, Young-Ho Gong got from the Pirates last year, we consider the posting fee and the salary. Uh, it's a four-year, $12 million deal for Park with a $6.5 million club option for 2020. Um, so, Chris, uh, you know, from talking to a couple evaluators who saw Park in Korea and, and also saw Gong in his time in Korea, uh, these are two different players uh, defensively for sure. Uh, offensively, Park has a superior power. And I think just the the enticement of that power, and we know uh, how much <laughs> it it gets paid in, in the open market. I think this is a pretty reasonable investment on the Twins' part.
1: Yeah, I when you know you saw the numbers for the posting fee, thought okay, so they're waiting in. Um, and and for a team like the Twins, you need to find ways to get players in your organization. You know whether it's you know draft and develop doesn't always work. Sometimes you need. A or instant help trade, you don't want to give up your young guys and certainly they've never been a team that has been heavy in the free agents where you did to overpay. So you wondered kind of how deep they were getting. When I saw the basically three million dollars a year number, you know, just a couple hours ago, I thought, well there's a bargain. You know, if this guy can hit at all, that is a, a relatively inexpensive way to add some power to your big league lineup. So I yeah, I think that from the uh, risk-reward standpoint, it doesn't feel like financially you're risking that much. You're not, you know, tying yourself to an albatross of a contract in any way, shape, or form. Um, and so from that standpoint, it seems great. Obviously, we had a great year. I mean, he killed us. Um, and I think he probably helped drive up the posting fee for, for Park, you would have to think, based on his performance, because I feel like, you know, the Korean League has not always gotten, uh, the respect that some of the other overseas leagues have.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and, and Gong's a great entryway uh, into that market now. Uh, I'm sure he opened up opportunities for, for a lot of guys moving forward, uh, Park being the first, of course. Uh, and I mentioned Park, you know, defensively, he's played the corner outfield out there, um, and, and he's played first base, but we know that the Twins didn't sign this guy for his glove. And, and of course, it's it's been discussed quite a bit uh, since the uh, – were revealed to be the team that, that won out uh, on a posting element, but what does the future hold now? Uh, in your mind, for Sano, and uh, just this dynamic of, uh, of of moving people around to uh, to accommodate uh, to accommodate Park.
1: Well, I, he's not going to play first. Joe Mauer's going to play first. Um, right. One thing we know about Terry Ryan is that Terry is honest. He's not going to try to play some sort of you know bait and switch games with anybody, whether you're a player or an agent. Or a fan. And he was very straightforward. And I'm sure when we all meet tomorrow now at the ballpark and we're introduced to Mr. Park, it'll be the similar story. Joe's our first baseman. Trevor's our third baseman. Miguel's going to the outfield. And and Park's going to DH. I mean, that has been what they have said. Um, now, there's a lot of time between now and opening day and things can change. Um, but I've learned to take Terry pretty much at his word. And the interesting part of that conversation is obviously whether well, there's a giant human being like Miguel Snow look like in the outfield. Um, the other sidebar that I think is more interesting is, when Miguel came up, everyone said, oh, you can't have a young prospect just DH, it'll ruin him. Well, it obviously didn't, you know, and he made that <laughs> mental adjustment fairly easily, and similarly when a guy comes over that you spend some money on overseas, people say, oh, you can't pay that kind of money for a DH. Well, I think they're going to, and uh, and I think if he can hit, you know, he can, as you mentioned, he's taking balls at third, and, he can play a little first in a pinch, but I think, uh, by and large, he's going he's gonna to DH, and they're going to stick him in there, and, and they'll find a way to get Miguel's bat in the lineup. You know, Miguel's a big guy, but he's incredibly athletic, um, and we'll just see how that goes as far as him making this alleged move in the outfield. That's going to be the subject of a lot of talk between now and spring trading.
0: Yeah, we, we've certainly heard Trevor Plouffe's name bandied about uh, play a bit from a trade standpoint, but you could also see where it, it makes in the Twins' best interest to see what they have in Sano first in the outfield, um, go into the season uh, with that as the arrangement rather than, uh, you know, trying to uh, move in Plouf who's obviously been tremendously productive for them the last couple of years. Uh, yeah, Trevor's, really, that, grown... To... So yeah, Trevor's
1: really grown into that spot, Anthony. And, and, and I think he was, he's not the best third baseman in the league certainly not the worst immigration in the league, but he arguably is one of the twins that he has got. Um, and, and so Minnesota has obviously valued that. Now, I do think he has some value to some other teams around the league as well, but they value that because, frankly, Miguel hasn't played a ton of third base. And I know a lot of fans are like, they always want the new big thing. You know, Put Miguel in there. Let, let him go. And could he play third base long term? Well, I seem to think so. Um, but what you would do then is you would be going into a season – with a brand new third baseman who's never played third in the big leagues, you can have a brand new center fielder who's never stayed healthy for a professional season above Class A ball uh, because nice. you've moved Ian Hicks, um, and you've just put a lot more question. And a guy coming from Korea to play, you know, to play one of the positions as well. So you're you're getting a lot of question marks in that. I think what the Twins are doing is almost hedging their bet in the sense that they know exactly what they're going to get from Trevor Plouffe. You know what Joe Maurer is. And so now that's two fewer question marks in your lineup that you're Paul Holder. Um, And then now you figure out how to how to utilize these other guys. Uh, one thing I know is that, that Paul can figure out how to get the best out of guys. And I think he's very skilled at that. And um, and then the other side point is moving Miguel to the outfield. We just saw last year how much fun it is at a spacious park like Target Field to have a good defensive outfield. And I think – Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, we saw a lot of Salabellos and Parmaleos and Delman Youngs and Josh Willinghams in that outfield for a couple of years, and it was not pretty. And when, when we were throwing out Eddie Rosario and we were throwing out, uh, you know, Buxton and Hicks, even all of them together, they're catching a lot of balls that were hits in the previous couple of years. Now, how much are, is give and take if Miguel Sono's out there? We don't know, but that's going to be a big topic.
0: Absolutely. And uh, the Twins... You give Terry Ryan a lot of credit. You know, there's been a lot of activity uh, this this first month or so of the hot stove season. A lot of it's been generated by guys in new places, new faces in new places, uh, executives that come in and, you know, maybe don't have the emotional ties to certain players and they're willing to make moves or or be proactive. But uh, in Terry Ryan's case, it's obviously a much different uh, dynamic. It's been there a long time. and You give him a lot of credit for being uh, as aggressive as he's been coming off a season where the Twins very much exceeded a lot of external expectations and, and pretty much raised the bar uh, for expectations for 2016.
1: Yeah, I think you're exactly right. and I think Terry, is, and you know Terry, is the guy who's not, not going to mess around. And when he sees a need, he's going to figure out, okay, what's it going to cost me? And, and in the case of the Aaron Hicks deal, they knew they needed a catcher. They're, they're, they're minor league catchers. They're young, talented guys, but they're several years away. And and Kirk just can't catch seven days a week anymore. And they found a a young, talented catcher, and you can't get without giving. And they had a lot of outfielders, and so suddenly, let's just do it. Let's make a move.
0: um,
1: Everything with Terry is very measured. He's never doing anything just to make a move. He's never done anything to get a headline or to win the approval of a fan base. Terry's always going to do it in the best interest, in his opinion, and and, in the opinion of those that he trusts. Best for the club now and moving forward. And and you're right. And he's made some smaller deals that are pretty aggressive, too. The the Hicks deal gets the attention, but, um, you know, getting the outfielder from Arizona, the minor league outfielder with some pop, um, they're, they're trying to capitalize on the perception of the strength of their farm system. One of the keys when you have a good farm system is being the first to figure out who can help you by playing for you and who can help you, by playing for somebody else and getting you something in return. And that's where the Twins are, where they've got some really talented guys coming up through the system. And they've got to figure out what they can get for those guys and when they can do that before the blooms off the rose, in order to make the current team as strong as possible.
0: Chris, do you think it's pretty much a a given that the, the next move on the part of the Twins will likely revolve around the bullpen?
1: Absolutely. You know, I was seeing all the O'Day stuff today and wondering if that might be a name. He might price himself right right out of that for Minnesota. You know, the Twins done a good job of, of finding guys, guys like Casey Thien and Jared Burton, and getting a lot of mileage out of guys like that in pretty high-leverage situations. The Jepson move last year was pretty savvy because you've got Kevin back for another full year, along with hopefully a healthy Glenn Perkins, who can stay that way all year. So. So that, that is where I expect to see it. I expect to see it from the left side. I think that's where they're looking. The other the other thing at play here is that they've got a lot of arms they believe are coming fairly quickly in the bullpen. Last year, some of those arms had a little step back, which is why I think they're at this point where they're really looking to be aggressive to add a major league veteran to that, to that situation. Um, but they do have some arms coming, and, and that's, I guess, something to look at in terms of, Maybe not necessarily free agent for the bullpen, but trade-type situations.
0: All right. We'll see what's next for the Twins. Uh, certainly coming uh, a lot of momentum coming off of 2015, and, and they've ridden that momentum here uh, through November into December. And it'll be nice to see uh, how Park makes this transition to the Major League Park, uh, much like Young Ho Gong a year ago. I want to thank Chris Atterbury of the Twins broadcast team for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Minnesota Twins edition.